it's insane Yes, my lyrics aren't the cleanest But fuck it, cuz Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls around the world, the time has finally returned for the return of Mikey T and the Mikey T MMA podcast, MMA show, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's just going to be me tonight. Uh, my partner, Framus, is going to have work early in the morning, and uh, I respect that. So I just uh, got my new equipment set up, and... I just really wanted to hop on here for the first time in, oh, I would say two years at least since I've uploaded a video on here. And I got all my equipment set up and I was really excited. And then all of a sudden I realized because I hadn't uploaded a video in so long, uh, I wasn't able to live stream on YouTube. So I'm actually doing this from my phone, but I just wanted to give you guys a quick little rundown of what I'm working with here. You see the WWE figures in the back and then the pops and then the MMA books. But this is what the new setup's looking like. Got the mic. Oh, got the good posters in the back. And then this is where it gets serious. The double screen wireless mouse. We're doing it right this time around, guys. I'm not, I'm not playing no games this time like I was before. Just showing up when I felt like it, showing up. When I wanted to, this is something that I have missed so very much in my life and I'm so passionate about. And regardless of however many people are watching this video, whether it's zero, whether it's 100, whether it's 15 million, I, I get a type of satisfaction from coming on here and just talking about fights. I mean, <clears throat> for those of you who don't know me, my name's Michael Thompson. Um, I have been a fan of martial arts since about 2012. I have several friends who got me into it, several guys who are uh, very successful, uh, successful professional MMA fighters up until to this point, um, especially my, my good friend Jalil Willis. Shout out Jalil. He's been on a tear lately. I can't wait to see him get back in there. Um, hopefully one day we can get him back on the show. That's actually one of my most popular shows that I have, um, and I'm working on potentially coordinating with him to where I can re-upload it to this YouTube channel. And so you guys can check that out. You get the full story of how he got his first fight after barely having trained. And it's it's just a great story. And I really want all you guys to check it out. Um, but mainly I just wanted to come on here, like I said, uh, to talk about obviously the new setup, um, how things are going to be going forward. And I know none of y'all came here to listen to me rant about that. You guys came here to listen about these fights. And let me tell you something. It's been so long. Obviously, we had the great pay-per-view on Saturday with uh, Ferguson and Gaethje, amongst many other spectacular fights. However, something about a Wednesday night card that on paper looked like it did, and you're like, okay, these aren't the biggest names, but... At least from my opinion, I've also always been able to uh, 
pertain or what's the word I'm looking for? I'm sorry, it's been a minute since I've done this, but give me a break. Uh, I I'll I'll let it I'll let it ride. Um, basically, what I'm getting at is you look at the card and it did not have the name value on paper that you would have uh, wanted to see if you were planning to get a bunch of viewers. However, because there's no been no sports to watch, um, I think this might have done pretty well as far as um, keeping those ESPN Plus customers interested. I mean, the only thing there is to watch on there right now is UFC, um, old UFC fights. Um, so, I mean... That that's definitely something that's gonna um, continue to evolve, evolve as the UFC continues to put out fights as the other sporting promotions still figure out their way back into um, working towards getting back to normalcy. Um, but that's one thing about this fight card here is it, it kind of, at least for me, brought a sense of normalcy to my life that I haven't experienced in so long. I've um, and, and we can talk about what I've been going through over the past two years. Obviously, I haven't posted videos. I've had several personal battles that I've been, uh, you know, fighting through. And I'd like to say I'm on the I'm on the come up and I'm, you know, doing well uh, spiritually, financially. Obviously, I've got this all this lovely new equipment. Um, I'm excited to share it with you guys. Um, however, um, I don't want to just let it stop here. I want it to continue to build. Um, I want to get as much feedback as possible. Um, and I guess if I keep ranting like this, the feedback isn't going to be too good. So let's go ahead and talk about these fights. I'm sorry, guys. It's been so long since I've done this. I just really wanted to hop on here because I was so excited. I finally got this passion back as far as putting myself out there because that's always been the hardest thing for me is putting myself out here, like seeing if people actually care to listen or what the case is. But regardless of the facts, it's very rewarding for me knowing that I am, you know, creating something and using my time wisely, um, where in the past I have cho chosen to uh, use that time, that empty time that I have between work and school um, for some not so great stuff. So now that I'm doing something positive, I plan to continue doing it. Um, we're going to start it right here, right now. We're going to go through this card, and I'm going to keep it kind of brief tonight, guys. I'm not going to lie. I really just wanted to get in here and, um, you know, reintroduce myself, um, explain how everything's going to be going forward. Um, but man, this card was fantastic even from the start of the prelims i'm sitting here looking at it chase sherman a lot of you guys don't know um he's a guy from mississippi who i have actually communicated with a few times back uh when i was doing the podcast the first time around trying to get him on the show and he agreed to do it and for, for whatever reason we weren't able to ever able to make it happen uh however he came out and after this is a man who was cut from the ufc he took uh, bare-knuckle boxing fights. He won some. I think he lost one. Uh, but then he was also doing very well in MMA, too. But the journey to get back to the UFC and to take a fight on short notice like this, I mean, that's something very inspirational, especially for me, seeing a guy from Mississippi, um, which is right 
next to Tennessee, obviously, where I'm from. Uh, seeing someone like that do well uh, just really makes me happy. And also, shout out Bryce Mitchell from this past weekend. That guy is making Arkansas really proud. And, I mean, I'm even proud of him as a Memphian myself, just being remotely close to someone who, you know, is really changing the game at 145. I mean, just thinking about some of the matchups that could be made after the performance that he hit, uh, on Saturday, I mean, he literally almost got this guy in three or four twisters after having the second ever twister submission in the history of the UFC his last time out. I mean, I'm thinking Bryce Mitchell versus Crone Gracie, Bryce Mitchell versus Ryan Hall. Nobody wants to fight Ryan Hall. I guarantee you Bryce Mitchell wants to fight him, and I guarantee you he's going to go in there with absolute confidence that he will win that fight. Um, I think that will probably be his toughest fight to date because Ryan Hall's jiu-jitsu is otherworldly in terms of the MMA game. However, I think Bryce is a more well-rounded fighter, so I'd be interested to see if Bryce's defensive jiu-jitsu is able to get him in a position to where he can stand back up on his feet and do some damage on his feet, because that's something that we really haven't gotten to see a lot of him in his uh, UFC career, or, I mean, even when I was watching him back in V3, uh, it's a local promotion here in the Memphis Mid-South area, um, he never even had to use his striking just because he was so good at, uh, you know, taking guys down, hopping on the back. Now he's adding the twister. Like, th this guy is insane. Um, but like I said, shout out Chase Sherman. Incredible, incredible work. He got rid of uh, Isaac Villanueva uh, 50 seconds into round number two. Um, and it took me two times watching the replay to see what really happened. But he finished it off with the elbows uh, strikes, which was very impressive. Whenever you see a guy the size of Chase Sherman, former college football player, putting elbows in and tor putting all the torque in his body, every ounce of energy he can force from his hips and turning into that elbow and following up with another one on the other side it's a thing of beauty to watch um mad respect for Villanueva because he hung in there and he hit Chase with a few shots but uh he wasn't gonna stop this man Chase was bound and determined tonight so shout out to him um another fight <laughs> that actually uh, blew my mind as well Brian Kelleher uh versus I'm not sure this gentleman's name Hunter Azur um, if I'm not mistaken, I was still kind of trying to set all this equipment up, but Brian was not doing very well, uh, from what I understood. Maybe I'm thinking of a different fight, but I remember it being that Brian was not doing well in the first round and he was kind of getting outboxed, perhaps out grappled. Don't quote me on this because I wasn't only half paying attention to the prelims. Um, but then he came out with a beautiful, beautiful uh, one-punch KO, and uh, yeah, I mean, that's a guy I've been a fan of for a while, he does uh, he does some rap, rapping on Twitter, if you guys are uh, into white uh, guy UFC fighter rappers, that's always someone to check out, but I mean, I've been following his career since he first made it into the UFC, and he's had some ups, he's had some downs, but I think this is probably one of the biggest wins of his career. Um, and going forward, we had a couple decisions. Omar Morales defeated Gabriel Benitez, uh, 30, 27, 29, 28, 29, 28. Uh, it was a good fight. I was actually very impressed with both guys. I didn't walk away thinking either one of them. Obviously, Benitez took a loss on his record, but they both gained a lot of respect, uh, for what they were able to pull off tonight. Um, and another great performance uh, in a decision was uh, Sajara Eubanks defeating Sarah Mraz. 
30-27, uh, 30-26. I mean, what more can you say? Just overall dominance, top to bottom. Um, landed good strikes, the grappling exchanges, you know. Sajara's got game. I mean, I think her biggest problem was trying to make that featherweight uh, limp, uh, featherweight limit. I'm sorry, making the strawweight limit. What was it? No, she was fighting at 125. Um, what is the 125 weight class called? Valentina's the champion. It doesn't matter. I'm really nervous right now because I haven't done this in so long. But um, it'll come back to me as soon as I end this video, I'm sure. Uh, but regardless, yeah, now that she's going up a weight class, she doesn't have to cut that extra 10 pounds. Uh, I mean, she looked great. I had a lot of head kicks, a lot of good striking. Uh, interested, she were interested to see where she goes from here. Um, but now, now we get to the good stuff. This main card absolutely delivered. Every single fight on here. I mean, just... Uh, and I want to start it off by talking about Michael Johnson. He's a guy, I want to say I'm a fan of his fighting style, but just as a person, he's he's all, all, oftentimes rub, rubbed me the wrong way. I'm going to move this mic in because it looks kind of cool. Um, he's always rubbed me the wrong way as a person, especially uh, the fight with Justin Gaethje, um, the kind of the trash talk they had leading up to it. But, I mean, he got dealt with in that fight. Um, and one of the reasons why was – he got so emotionally invested and he, you know, he came out hot and he thought that he was, uh, you know, making it happen. And he really was, he, he stumbled Gaethje early and, you know, he was doing his thing and, you know, he got, he basically blew his gas tank and Gaethje was able to put that pressure on him. Um, very similar to what he did to Tony and overwhelmed him and stopped him. But then, you know, you think about performances had against guys like Dustin Poirier. I mean, he went out there and knocked out Dustin Poirier with one punch, unconscious, cold, one punch. And then, yeah, you see him, uh, his next fight getting, I don't know if his next fight or the fight after, but getting mauled by Khabib. Of course, everybody's get, getting mauled by Khabib. But what I'm getting at is he has these great performances and then he has these terrible performances. And he has these great performances and then he has these terrible performances. I mean, before this past weekend, Michael Johnson was the last guy to beat Tony Ferguson back in 2012, I believe. Unanimous decision. Um, they're both obviously very early in their UFC careers. Um, but with that being said, it's just it's very disappointing watching a guy like Michael Johnson because as much as I, you know, maybe don't like him as a person, I think his fighting style is fantastic. I love watching him fight. I think he does very good work. Piper, do not eat that. Sorry, I got a new dog, and she's a little crazy. Um, but she's beautiful, though. Um, Piper, come here. See if we can get her on camera. Come here. Say hi. Say hi. I'm a pretty girl. I'm a pretty girl. Nope. Nope, that's not for you. All right. You can get down now. Love you. Um, all right, yeah, that's, that's Piper, named after the great Rowdy Rowdy Piper. Uh, but anyways, back to Michael Johnson. Uh it, what I'm getting at is it, it happened again. He came out there. He overwhelmed Tiago Moises. Uh, I believe that's how you pronounce his last name. Uh, he overwhelmed Tiago in the first round. And, I mean, it looked like, I mean, he was working his way to either just a, a dominant decision or he was going to uh, knock him out with, I mean, he's Michael Johnson's got heavy hands. Not only that, but he throws them fast. I mean, it is like a Major League Baseball 
uh, pitcher throwing a fastball right down the middle when Michael Johnson throwing these straight punches. Um, but then, you know, it happened again. He got too cocky in 25 seconds in a round two. He got caught uh, in, a, in a heel hook submission that, I mean, honestly, it looked like it could have really hurt his knee. He might be out for a while. And, I mean, as a guy like him, let's look at what his record is real quick because I think that makes him about eight, what is it, 18 and 19 and 16. 19 wins, 16 losses. So his last few fights, oh, my gosh, he's lost three of – Three in a row, six of eight, six of eight. Oh my goodness! So he's three in a row, six of eight, six of nine. Oh my goodness! He's is he really sick? Wait, hold on. This is this is blowing my mind right now. So he's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Eight losses to his last three wins. So in his last eleven fights, he's three and eight. He lost. He got submitted by Moises tonight by a heel hook. He got beat by Steve Gray by decision. He got knocked unconscious by Josh Emmett. Beat Artem Lobov. Beat Andre Feely. Got submitted by Darren Elkins. Knocked out by Justin Gaethje. Submitted by Khabib. He KO'd Dustin Poirier. He got embarrassed by Nate Diaz. He got Piper get down. Get down. Thank you, girl. Get in bed. Yes, ma'am. Good girl. Sorry. I'm a, a first-time dog owner, so I'm just now getting used to it. And I still get really giddy every time I look at her. Um, but, yeah, man, it's hard being a fan of somebody when they put in – you don't know if, what – like, it's similar to the Cowboy situation. It's like, does the guy show up or does the guy not show up? Because, I mean, obviously – Against RDA, Cowboy didn't show up, and I mean the perfect example was uh, Cowboy not showing up against McGregor a few uh, month or so ago. I mean, he he was done within the first three seconds of the fight. I, I heard an interview saying uh, when Connor lunged in with that left and he ran before he even hit him with the shoulder strikes, he Connor like overextended on the left but rose his knee up. To where his hip bone almost, not his hip, but maybe his thigh, or maybe it was his hip bone, banged the side of Dustin, uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Cowboy's head. And he said he was done after that. And it's like, I mean, if that's the case, then, man, you were not there to fight. But at the same time, Cowboy's the first person to admit it. So it is what it is. It's just really hard being a fan of fighters like that, um, who I think have so much potential. I mean, we'll see where you go from here. I mean, it's hard coming. I'm just amazed at 19 and 16, <coughs> excuse me, that uh, Michael Johnson's still employed by the UFC. That just blows my mind. Um, but, yeah, we're just going to, like I said, we're trying not to do it too long tonight. But uh, moving forward, Andre Arlovsky defeats Felipe Lins. Unanimous decision, 30-27, 30-27, 29 I mean, not a lot to say about this fight. I... Actually, I think I picked against Arlovsky just because, you know, he's very he's very chinny. Um, a lot of the fights that you think he's going to win, he ends up getting knocked out. But then it's another fight like this where a lot of a lot of fights where people think that he wins, where he just looks absolutely dominant. And we wonder where was that chinny guy who's got knocked out? Like, like, let's look at his record. I mean, so in his last few fights, he got, got knocked out by Jarzinho before tonight. Beat Ben Rothwell by decision. Lost to Augusto Sakai. No contest to Walt Harris. 
Lost to Shamil Abdurrahimov. Lost to Taitu Ivasa. So I guess he hasn't gotten KO'd as many times lately as he has since, like... Uh, I guess the last really bad one was the Francis Ngannou in J January of 2017. Um, but regardless, when you've been taking that many... I mean, think of the Fedor knockout when uh, Andre ran in with a Superman punch and Fedor just caught him, timed it perfectly, caught him as he's jumping in with the right hand, flush on the chin, and he literally fell like a dead body. I mean, that's one of the most horrifying knockouts I think I've ever seen. When you've taken that many knockout losses, eventually, I mean, somebody else is going to look at you the wrong way and you're going to go go to sleep, you know? And I get worried a guy about guys like Arlovsky. Um I get worried about... There's a few guys like that who I get worried about. And I hate watching them fight knowing that that could be the last time they're even able to fight and the potential that they have long-term health damage because of it. Um, but with that being said, I mean, he's still out here. He's still winning. He's won a few fights in a row. I mean, more power to him. I just don't want them to feed him another uh, Curtis Blades or uh, let him fight Francis again. Like, no, 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 no. Just just let him fight these younger guys, middle of the pack, like top 20-ish. I don't want to see him in the top 10 because I don't want to see him get knocked out again. Um, and that's just... Maybe because I just have a big heart and I have a hard time distinguishing the love for the fighters and my love for the violence, if that makes any sense. Um, but man, what I thought potentially was fight of the night, I'm not sure how everybody else felt, but Ricky Simone defeated Ray Borg. It was a split decision, 28-29, 29-28, 29-28. Um, obviously, two judges had it for Simone. Uh, one ahead for Ray Borg. Uh, but to be honest, another one of those ones where nobody walks away with, obviously, Ray takes the loss on his record. But, I mean, they both look good. At the end of the, after Ricky had dominated, I mean, I don't want to say dominated, but he had definitely won two rounds. At the end of the fight, if you, because there were no fans in the arena, you could hear Ray talking. And he he goes, it was I think it was the last 20 seconds, he goes, he is had started peppering him with shots, and he realized he has found his range, and that all uh, Simone uh, wanted to do, which is what he did the whole fight, was grapple. And so when he got to a position where he wasn't able to grapple anymore, and he was shuffling takedowns, he started throwing bombs, like heavy, heavy hooks. And you could hear the pop in that empty arena. Those punches were landing clean, and they were landing where you want them to land. Um, obviously, Simone had a chin, and he ate them, and more power to him, but Ray was ripping him to the body. I mean, he could have knocked him out in those last 20 seconds because he said, you know, uh, you don't want to, you're not here to fight. And as Ray's just bombing on him, uh, so mad respect to Ray Borg. I mean, I know he's been through a lot in his personal life. He's had a lot of fights canceled. Um, I, I'm got, got a lot of respect for that guy. Um, he showed the heart of a lion tonight, but I mean, it doesn't matter how good of a wrestler you are, there's always going to be somebody who's a better wrestler. Um, and if you're not able to get back up and implement your striking in time, even if you do have better striking like Ray does, that superior wrestling is going to win every time. Um, and then we're going to go into the next fight. Uh, Drew Dover defeats Alexander Hernandez TKO by punches. Uh, round two, uh, four minutes and 25 seconds into round number two. And this fight was interesting. I actually, uh, I picked Dober by decision, I think, if I had to guess. But, man, did he 
he put it on Hernandez. I mean, from the jump. I mean, Hernandez had a few moments, but once he started feeling that power and Drew found his range, Hernandez was backing up against the fence. He was getting lit up, had nowhere to go. He he had a lot of opportunities to um, maybe use better footwork to get himself into better positions. But, I mean, I just think this was a mismatch. Um I don't know if that uh, Cowboy loss did a lot to Hernandez' uh, confidence or if because he had just uh, knocked out Darius really quickly, and I think he beat another big name as well. Let's look at his record real quick. Um, it seems like they, they kind of pushed him really, really quickly. Um, who was, So it was, oh, he got... He, he beat he lost to Cerrone, and then he beat Trinaldo. Okay, so the only loss he had was to Cerrone. But... He got embarrassed by Cerrone after talking all the crap. And, I mean, a young guy like that, I think that can do a lot to your confidence. Now, I'm not saying he won't come back and be better because of this. I just wonder if feeding him Cowboy, feeding him to Cowboy too soon is going to have a long-term effect on what he's able to do going forward in terms of his confidence level. Because after getting knocked out by Cowboy and after getting TKO'd by Drew Dober tonight... <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, I need more water. Um, yeah, it's going to be hard to come back from that mentally. And, you know, even if you do, uh, you're never going to be that. Uh, and I guess this is every fighter after you take your first couple of losses, especially knockouts. But uh, coming back, you don't have the same confidence. And you... You have to you have to approach it a different way. You have to understand that you know not only could you get knocked out, you embarrassed in front of all your friends and family and all the people watching at home, but it's like you could be taking years off your life, and you got to accept that. And I think a lot of these young cats, like Aaron Hernandez before the Cerrone fight, didn't think that that was even an option. And you know, you got to learn sometimes. So I guess it was his time to learn. I'd love to see him back, but I mean, with that being said, Drew Dober. He's a killer, and if I don't see that man in the top 15 this next week, I'm riding. I am riding because he is a guy who's been grinding for so long in the UFC. He's had, let's see how many fights he's had in the UFC. He's had, uh, including the Ultimate Fighter, one, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Fifteen fights in the UFC, and he's only lost, like what is this, four or five, like, dude's a beast, man, and I think he's finally coming into his own, um, I got, I got mad respect for that dude, too, man, uh, I'm interested to see where he goes, um, if we were, if we were here a little bit longer tonight, and I didn't have work so early in the morning, I'd probably, uh, pull up the top 15 to see what's, uh, do some, uh, fantasy matchmaking, because that is something I, uh, really enjoy doing, and I want to do uh, a lot more going forward because I think it's always fun uh, putting potential fights together. And you know, when they do come together, going back and listening and seeing like how we thought um, everything would turn out. Um, that's actually kind of why what reinvigorated me to start doing this podcast again. I've uh, been dealing with some uh, minor medical issues uh, that have caused me to. Uh, miss a little bit of sleep, uh, just having a hard time staying asleep at night. And I, past couple of nights, I started listening to some of my old podcasts. I listened to the one I did with Jaleel, and I'll just be in—I'll just be honest. It inspired the hell out of me and uh, made me realize like this is something that I really enjoy doing. And like I said, it's not about the notoriety of 
knowing people are watching or if even anyone's watching, it's just, it's very therapeutic for me. Um, and so I think that time of reflection that, that I had these past couple of days thinking about it, um, you know, I was going somewhere with that. I promise I'm going to be better at this next time, but it is way past my bedtime and I got work here in a few hours. So I'm going to get through these last two fights and uh, I'm going to come back stronger. I'm going to have the full setup. I'm going to have the new webcam. I'm actually going to be recording from my computer, probably live streaming. Hopefully I'll have Framus with me so we can do Mumble in the Jungle. Um, but just real quick through these last two fights, uh, we got Ben Rothwell defeats Ovin St. Preux, uh, split decision, 29, uh, 28-29, 29-28, 29-28. Uh, it was interesting because OSP actually uh, landed a shot at the end of the second that dropped Ben Rothwell. OSP was hanging, hanging in tough. I mean, Rothwell overwhelmed him, especially at the end and even earlier parts of the fight. But OSP, a Knoxville guy, um, and as a Tennessee Vols fan myself, I always support him. Uh, dude's got heart, man. I mean, he, he went five rounds with John Jones. Um, he did not get knocked out by Ben Rothwell tonight, who was ready to knock someone's head off. And he, he came he came pretty close, but OSP took it. He's a bad man. I mean, on any given night, I think he could be up there in the top five of the uh, light heavyweight division. This fight was a heavyweight, so I'm interested to see where he goes from here. But, um, yeah, like I said, we're going to get through these last ones real quick. Uh, man, this main event, Glover Teixeira defeats Anthony Smith by TKO by punches. One minute and four seconds into round five, and I, I think the immediate conversation following this fight is going to be, unfortunately, Anthony Smith's corner. Um they really should have stopped the fight. Probably, I mean, I would have stopped it going into the fourth. I mean, he had he gave so he had put up so much, and DC was really great on commentary tonight. He he kept saying that his coaches were you know telling him to throw all this uh, offense, and he was constantly moving, constantly jabbing, constantly throwing crosses. He's constantly using his footwork, and he was I mean he was lighting Glover up. But Glover's a veteran man. He was kind of letting him. I don't want to say play possum, but I mean, in a way, he he was doing that. Uh, and I don't want to go crazy and just have people take this out of proportion, but he was doing the Mayweather thing where, in a sense, that you he lets you come to him. Uh, what Mayweather did with Connor, for example, he lets you come to him. He lets you throw everything that you have. And then in that third round, when you start to get tired and you look over and, he, and Glover's still fresh... You have that. You have to have that moment. I think I even heard Anthony's corner say at the end of the fourth round, he's like, "Look, you got to decide right now. Like, you were doing well at the beginning of the fight, but you you clearly made a decision at some point that you know this guy was better than you, and you were given in, uh, and that's unacceptable. That's you're better than that. You know you are, and you need to make it happen. And then what happens? He goes a minute in the fifth round, and just I mean he. He just got demolished. I mean, he got dropped. Got dropped. He got hit with heavy ground and pound. I mean, the final sequence where Glover got was in full mount and just letting them rain down. And they, I mean, they were landing. They were landing on the side of the head. They were heavy. You could hear the thud. The empty, the empty arena stuff is really interesting, being able to hear the, the thud. I mean, you can hear kicks and stuff because of the mics when there is crowds you can sometimes hear punches you can hear it really well when you're in person um but the empty arena it's 
it's one thing I've noticed about WWE, too, because uh, I haven't gotten into this, but I am now a pro wrestling fan as well, just as much as an MMA fan. So uh, if anybody out there is interested in that, I've talked with Framus about doing some uh, AEW or WWE main roster, NXT or New Japan shows. Uh, whatever you guys are interested in, just let me know. Leave a comment. Uh, leave a like. Um... I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna end it there. I just, I, I hate seeing a guy like Anthony Smith, who, you know, if you didn't hear a few weeks ago, he got his, uh, he had a basically um, a, a guy with a mental health disorder break into his home, and he had to physically fight this man for like, like the like the safety of his kids and his wife like his wife and his kids were at home and it was the middle of the night and this crazy guy ran, walks into their house and he had to physically hold him off until the uh cops got there and it's like man you just took a fight like three weeks three weeks later like four weeks later i mean i, I don't i don't know i mean obviously i don't think he got hurt by the guy i'm sure he his hands probably hurt from you know smashing his head in so many times but uh, the mental aspect of having something tra so traumatic like that, I wonder if that played any part into it. Um, with that being said, though, Glover, he's a bad man. Um, after getting knocked out by Gustafson, getting knocked out by Rumble, uh, he was another one of those guys with the chin problem. But then every single time I count him out, he comes back and he beats an Anthony Smith or he beats a... Um, who's Who was the last person he beat that I was really surprised by? Um... Let's see. He beat Anthony Smith, Nikita Krylov, Ian Kutilaba, Carl Roberson. He lost to Corey Anderson. TKO'd Misha Serkinov. That was very impressive. Beat Jared Cannonier. Like, he's had an amazing career. He's just always lost the big ones. And he's taken a lot of crazy knockout losses. But, I mean, I guess that just goes to show you some people are just built different, man. Um, and I take a lot of inspiration from that. I mean, especially with... What I've been going through in my personal life, um, getting to see some of these guys that are absolute warriors um, who, you know, are doing this stuff to take care of their family as their meal ticket. Um, it makes me put my problems into perspective and realize that I'm very blessed that I don't have to physically get in a cage and fight another man to put food on the table for my family. Uh, it just makes you, it, I mean, it, maybe it's just me, but it just makes me respect these athletes so, so much more uh, than, I, I mean, I guess maybe than any other athlete. I mean, I can't really think of another athlete who uh, ha has it uh, any worse than fighters do. I mean, as far as pay, um, just, I mean, it's a tough gig. It's a tough gig. Um, but, you know, I'm not, I'm another thing about me, and I, I promise I'll end on this. Um, what I've been doing these past few, this past year almost is I have gotten into a trade. I'm working full-time. I'm also going to school at a trade school. Um, and I have one semester left, and then I'll be done. Um, and I'll have two more years, and I can take my uh, certification test, and I'll be uh, a licensed trademan. And uh, I'm really excited about that. I'm really looking forward to the future, um, not only with that, but with this podcast. And I think... For once in my life, things have all finally started to come together at once as opposed to just, you know, 
I was doing good in this area, but I was lacking in this area. Or I was doing good in over here, but over here I was down in the dumps. It's 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 a different world I'm living in now. It's a, it's still an everyday struggle, an everyday grind. Um, but uh, if anybody needs to hear it out there, all you got to do is wake up in the morning. You got to decide, you know, it's going to be a good day. Um, it's more about bad bad things are going to happen. It's more about how you react to those bad things that control how you react to those situations and how you let it affect your day. And so, you know, not every day is going to be a good day, but if you make at least make the effort to have a good day, I think the world will slowly, slowly, you'll find the world starts starting to be a better place. Um, and I didn't really want to get all philosophical on a MMA show, but I haven't talked to you guys in a while. This is my first video back. Um, if you guys don't mind, I'm going to end it here. Um, if you don't mind leaving a like, a comment, uh, share, uh, follow my Twitter, my uh, Facebook page, whatever it is. I, I don't even care, honestly. Just the fact that you're watching, that's enough for me. I really just want to thank every single one of you. Uh, who, if anybody does decide to watch this, um, for coming out and spending some time with me, I promise next, next time it's going to be better. I'm going to have my equipment fully set up and ready to go. Um, but I guess the best way to end this is just letting you know that I'm here to stay this time. Um, and I got some big dreams. So, uh, in the words of my good friend, Jacob Oloshan, I'll let him take you out. This has been the Mikey TMMA Podcast, and we are out. I was born in 93. I grew up in the suburbs. I went to Woodland Press. I was invested as a war.